This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Wake up, America, before it's too late. The Steve Day Show. And greetings. Happy Thursday. Welcome to the Steve Day Show here live and on demand on Blaze TV radio and podcast i am steve dace alongside totters and aaron mcintyre and all of you thank you for tuning in we've got theology thursday we'll go back to our book study of kingdom politics that'll continue next hour um, we'll be joined by my daughter anastasia uh, for three non-political questions at the bottom of this hour i know we're always looking for resources if you're a parent right now, what can I possibly do and uh, to exempt my child from as much of the demonic Satan's youth ministry indoctrination as possible? And uh, I know a lot of you are just in an economic situation right now. This is the most expensive it's been to get a car loan since 2007. This is the most expensive house mar- housing market when you look at median income to debt ratio uh, and factor in interest rates. It's the most expensive housing market in American history. Cars and houses kind of important. Yeah, and I was just in the middle of this recently. It was not fun. Yes, and so, um, yeah, I forgot about that. Tell me how that turned out, by the way, after the show. But uh, um, a lot more of you would love to do more to take to exempt your kids from this system, but the economics are squeezing on you, and so you're looking for options. What, what can we do? Even if it's even if I if I have the means and the opportunity to exempt my kid, or I'm looking for something to supplement what my kid is being subjected to, we're going to talk to a good friend of mine. Steve Noble's a talk show host in North Carolina. He has created just such an entity, particularly with maybe the most important subject right now, history. Because if you don't know where you've been, you have no idea where you're headed. And those who have, doomed, who have not learned from history are doomed to repeat it. History doesn't just repeat, it rhymes. And yes, I know I change the saying. Every time I say that, 300 of you email me, you got it wrong. No, the saying's wrong. I'm correcting it. The devil doesn't just repeat what he did before. He even comes back with the same melody. Because the whole thing's a troll. He often doesn't even come up with something original. It's just the same old stuff. As Motley Crue once said, same old story, same old situation. So we'll get to that here at the bottom of this hour as well. Uh, Tomorrow morning, I go in for a follow-up on my right ear. And I don't know if it's progress or not. I am now hearing after a full week of steroids, and the course of steroids I'm on has gotten considerably more aggressive in the last few days. I am now hearing new annoying sounds. Is that progress or am I actually deteriorating? Like now it's not just fireflies. I'm hearing tones. I'm hearing beeps. I'm hearing static. You're hearing Rudy Giuliani. (laughs) Nice. Very nice. No, I know what to do with that annoying sound. I don't know. I don't know how to handle these. Okay. So I'm not sure if it's progress or not. I guess I'll find out tomorrow. Uh, when I go in for my follow-up appointment and take the needle uh, into my eardrum for a second time, because, you know, that tickles. That's just like, 
something you're like, you know, I want to do that in my spare time. MRSA okay. or needles in the eardrum? It's, it's been a year, guys. It has. It's been a year, and it's August 3rd, but that's okay because the NFL preseason begins tonight, Aaron. It do. That's why we got live football tonight. At least for a few minutes, it'll make it all better. All right? I bring this up, though, because we have talked a lot about our friends at Raycon and how well their earbuds do in isolating noises. And I told you before, they're the best noise isolation earbuds I've ever tried. And we're going to really put them to the test now. Um, when, I go back, uh, when I go back to Lyft tomorrow morning after my ear appointment, we're going to test those Raycons out because I need some noise isolation in my right ear to hear what's going on in my left. All right. And so these are outstanding. Um, they come with a 30-day happiness guarantee, custom gel tips to fit the most uh, difficult in-ear fits. Um, y- there's a reason why. Uh, they have so many five-star reviews, 32-hour uh, battery life. You can't, you can't beat it for the price. Uh, and right now, create your own soundtrack with Raycon, R-A-Y-C-O-N, R-A-Y-C-O-N. And our listeners get 15% off when you go to buyraycon.com slash Steve. That's buyraycon.com slash Steve. Once again, buyraycon.com slash Steve. Trust me, you absolutely can't beat it. All right, with that, let's get to it. Here's Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by emotionally damaged people, which is exactly what Donald Trump's very online supporters are, sadly. Apparently, the show is over the target because since we last spoke, Trump's most vile supporters and their accompanying bot armies have taken to attacking yours truly and Steve himself. First, last night, some Anon account with thousands of followers created a video featuring my correct observation from a couple of weeks ago about how the very online Trump crowd gets off on Donald the victim porn and followed up by making vile, sexually charged memes of myself, my wife, as well as my toddler son. Then this morning, the vile online Trump brigade was back again with this video attacking Steve. Now, what were you doing with your pants there when you were heading towards the door? She was trying to decide what to do. It appears to be clear from this transcript that you are open to the idea of having sex with this girl. No. Happens uh, a a few times. Yes, no, maybe so. Her blood pressure skyrocketed to numbers that I didn't even know were possible. Um, You get into very graphic detail. Rape, incest. When she was basically unconscious. I will gently cup and massage her soft breasts, kiss them, and run my tongue along them. It, to me, it's the ultimate expression of meism. You know, but in, my, in our family, this is very real to us. And it goes on mm-hmm. from there. I'm the best mistake she's ever made. So why are we here? Why are we the way we are? Why is the world the way that it is? And what can be done about it? What are we to make of this? And so I jump in the shower in my hotel. To- but it's illegal for someone to use the internet to solicit somebody who's 13 for sex. And I go back to my room and I, and, and I just start playing around. I need to be intellectually satisfied. You will not reach me emotionally. I have to be intellectually satisfied. Why don't you tell me to get things started? Because... I am painfully aware of what I am on my own. I'll let Steve respond in full, but that sloppily edited video was actually him talking about his pro-life testimony and his own family's testimony of life after his wife nearly died in childbirth. All these attacks simply because yours truly and Steve prefer a different candidate than theirs. 
These people are vile. They need Jesus, and they must be defeated. Meanwhile, Ron DeSantis is still racking up victories, the latest one being the abolition of diversity, equity, and inclusion programs from Walt Disney World's governing district, which, as you know, has been taken over by appointees of Governor DeSantis. Also, Fox News' Sean Hannity asked DeSantis last night if he'd be willing to debate California Governor Gavin Newsom. Absolutely. I'm game. Let's get it done. Just tell me when and where. We'll do it. And here's the thing, Sean. I mean, in, in one respect, the, um, the debate between California and Florida, you know, has already been had, as you suggest. People have been voting on that. They've been voting on it with their feet. They have fled California in record numbers. Florida has been the number one state for net in-migration. We have the number one ranked economy, number one now in education, crime rate at a 50-year low. But in another sense, this is the debate for the future of our country, because you have people like Joe Biden. They would love to see the Californication of the United States. Biden may not even be the nominee. You could have Gavin Newsom. You could have Kamala Harris. And I think if we go down that direction, that's going to accelerate American decline. We can't see America decline anymore. We need to reverse American decline. And finally, yesterday, I told you about that Wisconsin teenager named Marcus Schrader, who was arrested for preaching the gospel in public outside of a drag queen event in Watertown, Wisconsin. Well, he showed up to his city council this week to share his thoughts on the events over the weekend. Intolerance is an interesting word. Tolerance, intolerance, hatred, love, bigotry, things like that. Because really every culture has something that it's intolerant towards and something that it's tolerant of. I mean, there are things like murder and rape and, and you know, stealing and, and just crimes that we are intolerant towards as a society. When I showed up Saturday, all I did was read from scripture on the sidewalk. I read from the Bible, Galatians. And by the way, I wasn't reading Romans 1. I wasn't reading any passage that spoke against homosexuality or anything like that. I was reading a passage from the Bible about love. And I was arrested. No reason, not given any warning, not told anything about my amplification needed to be turning down. I was arrested and taken into custody simply for reading the Bible on the sidewalk. You see, as we become more and more tolerant of sexual immorality in our culture, we've become more and more intolerant towards Christian morality. And the more we become intolerant towards Christian morality, the more we're going to see lawlessness in our streets. Drag queens twerking on kids in lingerie is unacceptable. And that's something that we have to notice as a culture. We can have our disagreements, but there comes a time when we have to understand that we are all going to stand before God one day. And we're going to have to give an account for what we have done with the children in our society, the innocent minds and the children who deserve to be protected. Thank you. Dude's got stones. Be like him. And that's what happened while we were away. Amen. That's, that's a man right there. Aaron's Montage brought to you by Sweat Block. So we're getting a bit of a break now after just brutal heat throughout much of the country at the end of July. August has uh, given us, as the great George Strait once uh, sang, a, a chill of an early fall. And we're enjoying it. But that doesn't mean the heat won't come back. It is still the dog days of summer. That doesn't mean, by the way, you still don't have situations with your own uh, profuse sweating when that adrenaline gets going, that anxiety gets going, a job interview, a first date, etc. That's why you want to check out our friends at Sweatblock for those embarrassing sweat stains. They make them go away with their outstanding antiperspirant wipes. I love the deodorant lotions that uh, help with the uh, more, uh, shall we call them, uh, sensitive regions uh, for guys, for especially, right? Uh, but they've got uh, deodorant sticks, everything that you need to make sure 
you won't sweat through. Sweatblock.com is where you want to go. Promo code DACE to get 20% off. Sweatblock.com. Promo code DACE to get 20% off. Again, sweatblock.com. Promo code DACE to get 20% off. All right, I want to discuss the video or the videos that Aaron talked about in his montage today because I think this is a very instructive point for everyone in our audience. There was a, uh, this guy, Mike Cernovich, remember him? Yeah. Okay, so, um, you know, Mike was a guy that posted some uh, bro dude things, I guess we'll call them, back in the day, right? And then was inspired by Trump and kind of walked into the light, you know, and um has actually, you know, done some decent work on subjects that matter to us over the last few years. Haven't agreed with him on everything, but I don't view him as an enemy either. I don't know the guy. I've never met him. I'm not even sure I know anybody who really knows him well. But someone took a screenshot of back-to-back tweets. My understanding, and I, I don't know. Again, I don't follow his stuff closely. My, my understanding is he has gone back and forth between being Trump or DeSantis now in this primary, and, 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 and I don't know and frankly don't care. I mean, I, 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 I will run into nobody in Iowa who will stop me on the street on January 15th and say, well, you know, I was reading Mike Cernovich tweets last night, and I'm going to vote this way. And it's not, that's not, nothing against Mike. Pretty much that's not going to be the, that's going to be the case with almost nobody. Like, no one's going to stop me on the street and say, hey, I was reading a Ben Shapiro tweet, and he's got the biggest show maybe in our entire business, guys. But I just think we don't understand how little what happens up here, and that's one of the points I'm going to make here in a minute, how little what happens up here in this place that we all hang out really penetrates down here. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, and so someone took a snapshot of two tweets that he made, one pro-Trump and one pro-DeSantis. I saw this like a month ago. And he made them like back to back, almost at the exact same time. And the traffic generated from the DeSantis tweet was nothing compared to the traffic generated from the Trump tweet. And this is important for you to understand. Because when you consume people like me, a lot of you believe, and I believed this too when I was on your side of the equation, that this is, when I was just a consumer of the content, not a producer of it, that this is a movement that was industrialized. No. It's an industry that at times speaks for a movement. It's the other way around. We don't have Soros, Warren Buffett's just lining up to write us checks, saying ratings be damned, um, performance be damned. You go out there and, and you, hear, you, you tow the line, the hard right line on ideology. And we'll make sure your bills get paid. We don't have that. So we have to do it from you. Now, the problem with that we're now all in the digital world, you know, when we were in terrestrial radio, it was, we didn't have, we, Arbitron ratings were very arbitrary. We didn't, they were not a great resource. But they're a better resource than a lot of what we get from the internet. Because even though things like iTunes and Libsyn and the kinds of things, YouTube, they, they will tell us hard numbers of who downloaded our shows or watched. But here's what they don't tell us, and Aaron, you know this better than me. Are these actual real people? Are, do they have an identity? It's hard to tell. Hard to tell. 
And so a lot of stuff gets inflated. There are a lot of people with huge shows that are rated way higher than mine that released, that released books this year and, and didn't sell Jack Squat what Rise of the Fourth Reich did. Didn't sell Jack Squat what Fauci and Barkin did. Because they have huge followings, but they don't, those aren't actual followers. What the Trump team did, and smartly, what I'm about to say next is not a criticism. In fact, if anything, I think the DeSantis team should be doing this. What the Trump team did is recognize this. And so they created a bot army, basically fakes, or people, or people willing to act as if they are, like drones. And, and I'm going to tell you in a minute why I know that how, for, how this works for a fact, because I bought this myself. That's how I know. Um, there's two sides to this. There's the dark web side, and that's whoever these, you know, knuckle draggers, mom's basement dwellers, <clears throat> the MAGA version of Media Matters that did that stupid video. You know, Aaron mentioned it was me giving my pro-life testimony. They took an interview I did on a Christian television network, by the way, for Nefarious. I did that for the Nefarious movie when it came out, and I shared my pro-life testimony and what the movie's about. So st stop and think about how reprobate you have to be. They took an interview. I, I think it's Daystar or one of those Christian networks. I did a, an hour-long interview with one of those Christian networks live when we released Nefarious. They took that interview and cut that, cut that up where I'm talking of things that are holy, pure, and righteous and attach that to some of the most vile subject matter, wicked evil, human trafficking, uh, predator, you, you know, child predator, grooming. They attached it to that while, of course, claiming to you that they are the people opposed to the groomers and hashtag sound of freedom. And then there's another group of these people, and some of them are names you will know, that are called influencers. And they're in this warp as well. And these are people that are paid to promote things that Trump wants promoted or that they view as friendly to their belief system. Both of these things are huge bot armies paid by Trump. And they're done for two reasons. One is to promote Trump more than anything else, and two, to intimidate you into not promoting things that wouldn't promote Trump. That, this is why you see a lot of my peers will go after, and hey, I don't like, I, I, just last week, I went after some of the bedwetting on the DeSantis social media team myself, right? But this is why you'll see them go after them and say nothing about this stuff that you saw in Aaron's montage. Because go back to what I pointed out about the Cernovich thing. It destroys your ratios. And we don't know who's real or not. We have no clue. And all these clicks and all these, and all these ratios get counted against us whether these people are real or not. And so everybody can't afford to see their ratios and everything go down. And so everybody's intimidated. And frankly, if you're a DeSantis influencer, you don't, you don't, you're, I can offend you. You don't mean much to my bottom line because you're a real person. You're not paid for. I can tell you for a fact that DeSantis campaign has no paid influencers. And by the way, I think that's a mistake. They should. I think they should have their own bot army out there doing, out there doing propaganda warfare back and forth. Because now you've only got one side doing it. And they're not going to stop dropping mustard gas on you 
And everybody else, when you're dead of mustard gas, isn't going to say, man, that really sucks. You're dead of mustard gas. Shouldn't have happened. They're not going to do that, are you? Yeah. They're just going to walk over your dead body. That's what they're going to do. But that's a topic for another day. Now, how do I know all this? Because I bought it. Because I'm an executive producer of a major film. And short of what we were able to drive individually with our own audiences between me and Glenn's involvement in the movie, the best money we ever spent was buying the influencer network of Trump's to promote Nefarious. How did I know about it? It was offered to me. I didn't know this existed. Remember back in the spring when I said I had just set through over the weekend the most incredible data presentation I'd ever seen? Remember this? That's what it was. That's what it was. And frankly, I don't even, I, I don't know why conservatives would even buy TV after what I saw they could do. And they did even better for Sound of Freedom. And by the way, I love Sound of Freedom. I hope the movie makes $500 million. It's a very important message. But this is all bought and paid for. None of it's real. I mean, the, the reality is, it doesn't matter what Rudy Giuliani stands for. It's just that he'll slurp Trump. And so he can have any position on any issues he wants. I actually align with Trump more on the issues far more than Rudy Giuliani does. But I won't slurp Trump, so they will attack me. This is the game. It's even, it's not, it's even worse than a cult. A cult at least stems from some form of sincerity. This is just all a grift. And frankly, too many of my peers are greatly intimidated by it. And I I think, frankly, too many of you are intimidated by it as well. And so I wanted to make an example out of them this morning. That's why I came back at them as hard as I did. That's why I exposed it to a far bigger audience, my following, than they were ever going to get on their own. Because this is all fake. You will never run into anybody who will ever say, hi, I'm a member of the social media mob. Ever. This is all a psyop. It's every bit of psyop as when they wore their masks when the cameras were on and then took them off when they thought they were off. It's all a psyop. It is meant to intimidate you. That, that you couldn't possibly ask more of Donald Trump than just don't be worse, than, 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 just be better than the worst people ever. That you couldn't possibly have your own opinion. That you couldn't possibly defy. Aaron is correct. These people are pathetic. They should be prayed for. They should also, though, not be tolerated on any level. And they're also not very smart. I mean, they they came after me on maybe the most sympathetic aspect of my largely unsympathetic persona. So it's a sliding scale, okay, (laughs) admittedly. But to hit me on that, really? So here's what you did. I'll never address anything you guys come at me with ever again because you're proven liars. Why should I have to address you ever again? You discredited yourself. Thank you. And you allowed me to show thousands of people you're nothing. You're less than nothing. You're pathetic. You're the MAGA version of Media Matters. And, and serious MAGA people are ashamed of you. Trump signs hats and sends them to you because he knows that's all you require. You're that desperate. You're pathetic. And on this, him and I wholeheartedly agree. And one of the things, whether it's Rudy Giuliani yesterday or this bot army this morning, one of the things y'all are going to learn about me 
is I am not like the evangelicals you are used to dealing with. That's why I have problems with other evangelicals. I am not nice. In fact, my inclinations are more like yours, except for Jesus. I hold them back because of Jesus. I'd actually be more like you. Before Jesus, I was a lot like you. That's why I know who you are. I will not be silenced. I will not be scared because you're nothing to be scared of. Scared is sitting at home waiting to find out what mood my old man is in. Is he going to beat me and my mom? That's scared. You're nothing. You're MAGA cheese dick 14. You're less than nothing. You're not even a real person. You were generated by some bot generator and AI somewhere in someone's freaking basement. You're nothing. And frankly, a lot of you need to step up and man up and understand this. You're too intimidated by this. Or you go too far the other way and get too engrossed in it. Because let me tell you the other mistake I'm not going to make. As much as I detest this stuff, as much as I find it vile bringing my family story and everything else into it, it means nothing. I don't, I don't give a turd how much money Donald Trump spends perpetuating content like this against me if he's going to sign peace agreements between Israel and Saudi Arabia. I don't care. I don't. All I care about is the outcome. By their, by their emotions, you will know them. Is that what Jesus said? No. Uh, by their good intentions, you will know them. Is that what Jesus said? No. No. Now, that doesn't, by their fruit, you will know them. Yes. That doesn't mean character doesn't matter. That's a fruit, right? But, but it's also more encompassing than just how decently you may deal with people. Now, that's a big part of it. It is. Yes. But it's not all of it. I don't give a runny turd with corns in it what Donald Trump thinks about me, how big of a threat him and his army think. And by the way, you're right to think that. Maybe you're not quite as dumb as I thought. But I don't care. Overturn Roe versus Wade, I don't care. Call Tyler Carden, the CEO of The Blaze, every day to get me canceled. And if you keep overturning Roe versus Wade and signing peace agreements in the Middle East, I won't give a rip. Because I'm not changing what I believe for Donald Trump either way. I had one of my best friends who was really struggling with this send me a note on my birthday. And that's exactly what I said to him. You want me to change what I believe for Donald Trump? Would I prefer somebody better aligned more with my values? Sure. I'm sure there's a lot of people that wished a, a, a nicer, a less profane, a less crude spokesman for American evangelicalism had a profile or had a profile as large as mine to speak up for God's people. Probably. Probably there's a lot of people uncomfortable being aligned with me because of what I represent. Fair? Yeah. Yeah. I get it. Totally. But I'm not changing what I believe for Trump. When he aligns with a biblical worldview, I'm in. When he does not, I don't. That's it. That's my only plumb line. And it's the same plumb line for Aaron McIntyre. It's the same plumb line for Todd Erzin. Two men, I pay them out of my own pocket. They're not paid by the blaze. They're paid by me. Every time they get a check, it's coming out of my pocket. Money I could have, I could have given myself. Same standard for them. And that's the same standard you should, de you should demand of me. And that's frankly the same standard we all need to have for everybody else. We praise God, not politicians. 
And when they're on the right side, they get our support. And when they don't, they don't. That's it. It's just that simple. And we're not fanboys and we're not fangirls. We ain't partners. We ain't brothers and we ain't friends. Doesn't mean you can't have a favorite, but it does mean you can't have an idol. There it is. Gentlemen, your thoughts. I just think it's perfect that in the montage we have that. I don't know how old that kid is, but he's. You said that he's a man, and you're right, but he's still young enough uh, that he's doing high school things because he's in high school, right? But why is he showing all of us up? It's because of what Steve is talking about. Where's everybody else? Why does he even have to? Why isn't he up there talking, standing behind his dad? I mean, I'm sure his dad raised him, but more, more examples like that. People who look like his dad of that age. Why aren't they leading? There's no good answers to that. Steve, is, I, it's music to my ears of what he's calling you. So what are you scared of? What are you intimidated by? These, these are the worst thugs and bullies in the history of mankind. Really. But you're getting owned like they're Attila the Hun. Choose differently. Choose better. There's a better way, and it's right there. Too many of the names you would know in this business. And I would say I would put the percentage of maybe 95%, and I'm being generous. Either oscillate or are one of two things. A total sellout whore for whatever is, you know, making the most clicks right now, or cowards. Sometimes they are right in the middle. And it's because of this. They have effectively this, this online phenomenon that you're talking about, Steve, effectively makes whatever it wants to be a third rail. You cannot touch this. And right now, that is being honest about what this primary is shaping up to be and what this election is shaping up to be. I don't want to touch that. I don't want to say that Trump can't win in 2024. So we're just going to do whatever today to get the most clicks. That's not that's not sustainable. Not a sustainable business model. It certainly isn't a way to sustain the greatest, most exceptional country of all time. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Hey, our friends over at Jace Medical want to make sure you are prepared for the next uh, emergency. Yeah, the next emergency. Because you never know uh, when we might have another allegedly life or death civilization threatening event. Oh, but here are some medications we told you for 70 years uh, were safe. And uh, less than a decade ago, we gave a Nobel Prize. Suddenly they're not. Right when you may or may not need them the most, we won't even take the risk of finding out, for goodness sakes, it's just too dangerous. And enjoy your cytokine store. 
That's why they created the Jace case last year when they came on board. They got a, a brand new product, and you should have that, by the way. Venerable antibiotics, just in case those are the new ones they tell you later on that you can't have when you need them the most. Well, now they want to make sure that you've got your medications in case they come after your meds and say, well, yeah, you know, we had this whole thing. Let's go Brandon and you know, we'll let the Chinese make our antibiotics or you're screwed. Uh, get a 12-month backup on your medications right now. Uh, for that peace of mind that you need a whole host of uh, medications, everything from diabetes to heart health, blood pressure, even mental health and more, uh, go to jacemedical.com, J-A-S-E for your backup, jacemedical.com. Enter the code DACE at checkout for a discount on your order. That's the code, J- that's the code DACE at jacemedical, J-A-S-E, jacemedical.com. Discount code at checkout is DACE. Good friend of mine, he's a talk show host down in North Carolina, and what I like about Steve Noble is him and I are wired the same way in that we don't just come into a a dimly lit studio, although with the amount of money the Blaze spent on this thing last year, it's not not dimly lit anymore, (laughs) okay? We don't just come into a dimly lit studio and rant and rave, you know, and fill our airtime and then just go home. I mean, he gets involved. He gets his hands dirty. Um, He's an activist himself. And one of the things, uh, Steve, that uh, we talked to you about a couple of years ago, and just as school is getting set to start later this month, I wanted to bring this up again. You are getting involved in undoing the indoctrination of the next generation, brother. Tell us about it. Yeah, I'm actually, I'm the one with the dimly lit studio, Steve. You're not. I I have that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it uh, it was a year ago when I was on... I became an activist in 2004. Radio started in 2007. Uh, it was suggested to me by my wife and one other homeschooling mom in 2011 because of all the political activity that I should probably be teaching a civics class. So I started. That was the first class I taught 11 years ago. Civics since then added Christian ethics, which is what I got my master's degree in. Two years ago, added U.S. history, adding world history this fall. To your point about indoctrination, uh, we know that's happening in the public school system, but most of my students are homeschool students. So you don't necessarily have that problem in the homeschool world. But what we do have in the homeschool world is just not a well-developed biblical worldview. They're actually not paying that much attention. They're growing up in homes like yours and mine, Steve. But when you get into it and when you scratch that surface, uh, they're not ready, quite frankly. And so I've always been concerned and alarmed over the last 11 years. I've taught over 800 students now that they're simply not ready. They're not paying attention. Their biblical worldview isn't developed enough. And they get inundated with social media and digital currency. I mean, they've got 32 gigabytes a day coming at them. We never had that when we were teenagers. Mm -hmm. And they don't have a filter. They have no way to sift through it. So that's what I do with my classes at Noble U is to teach them how to think, how to think biblically, like you and I are on the radio five days a week. Uh, I teach in real time. I'm always holding in the news of the day. We have plenty of that. And to show them how this biblical worldview is applicable to absolutely everything that we can talk about in any of these classes and in life. And that's just my calling. I love radio. It's part of who I am. But the teaching, somebody asked me recently, Steve, at a political event, hey, what are you doing to affect the legislation in North Carolina right now? And I said, actually, I'm trying to affect legislation 30, 40 and 50 years into the future. And our generation is not talking to this generation. And, And they're not. If they have doubts about their faith or if they have different political opinions, they're not bringing that up at home. They're afraid to. And they're not doing it at youth group. They don't talk at that depth. So it's just been an unbelievably ripe field to be in. And God just continues to bless it and it keeps growing. Earlier this year, I got asked to speak to a, uh, the Christian Legal Society at the University of Chicago. Now, I know that sounds like really 
big and prestigious because the University of Chicago is one of the most renowned law schools, Steve, in the United States of America. But I didn't get asked to speak at the University of Chicago Law School. I got asked to speak at the Christian Legal Society there. And, and as you might suspect, the Christian Legal Society at the University of Chicago Law School, let's just say it's a little bit more modest in size than the school at large, okay? Yeah. All right, yeah. and so, yeah. so why did I rearrange for no honorarium why did I rearrange my entire broadcast schedule in the dead of winter to go to go into the bowels of one of the most forsaken cities in America to speak to, you know, given the size of my platform, a fairly modestly sized group of people? Why did I do that? Because what you just said, Steve, I knew the likelihood that at least one of the Christian students in that audience was going to run for office someday maybe even right. hold office someday. And who knows what office that is? That, there might be a senator in that room. There might be a congressman in that room, right? If you're, if you're a Christian and you, and, and, you, and you did the work to get admitted to the university, they're not looking to in, admit Christians at the University of Chicago. That's not necessarily That's right. something you put on the, f- the, the top line of, of your application. And, and you don't, your cover letter doesn't start with, hi, I believe the Bible. No, you don't do that, all right? So if you got into that school, you're serious. And as a believer, you're serious about activating your faith as a believer into the future. And so the possibility that someone in that room was going to make a decision that was going to dramatically impact my kids or grandkids years from now, that's why I did it. And that's what I hear you saying at the exact same time. That's exactly it. And that's the thing. Like, listen, we're a homeschool family. We homeschooled all four of our kids. We have 18 years in that community. I've been very active as a homeschooler. So again, like I said earlier, Steve, this is such an important point. You can think because you're raising your kid in homeschooling, conservative Christianity, conservative politics, that they're gonna pop out like a Play-Doh machine and they're exactly like you. But the thing that's up against you is that I'm looking at you through my iPhone right now. That thing is up against us. Mm -hmm. That thing is up against our kids and there's way more going into them than we know. So I say this, I was speaking at a bunch of homeschool conventions this year. I said, listen, there is an operating system being built into your kid from kindergarten to 12th grade You don't even know what's happening for the most part. They're not really aware that it's happening until they get out of your house into the college maelstrom. And then all of a sudden, boom, what the heck happened to my kid? I hear that all the time. And we've been down that road with our own kids. I wasn't paying enough attention in my own house. So the way that I teach and the way that I reach these students, in many ways, Steve, I'm I'm preaching and teaching out of the pain and the mistakes I made with our own four kids. God has been faithful to our family. They're doing great. But this is a huge problem, even in the homeschool community. Most people aren't even aware of it. So there's a family that you brought with you, Steve. Tell us about them. And, we'll, and, and then we'll yeah, chat so, with them. Excellent. Last year when you were kind enough to have me on and we were talking about Noble U, uh, NobleUschool.com, uh, I had about 130 families reach out to me after that uh, wow. time on your show last year, Steve. Praise the Lord for that. And one of those families was the Seastone family. It's Jonathan, the dad, and his sons, Clayton and Cole. And they jumped in and they took my U.S. history class. And it's awesome to have them here. They're in Colorado, by the way. So, Jonathan, uh, hey, Dad, thank you for joining us today. Just tell us what you thought, what you saw from the program and and the difference that you saw in your own kids. Well, thank you, Steve. Um, We really enjoyed the the classes. Um, My boys are big into history. We love history. We have a lot of discussions about history. But, I mean, taking these classes opened up a whole new area of discussion for all of us. We were able to um, talk outside the classes and the, the kids would come up to me and, hey, dad, what do you think about this stuff going on? How they're talking about the Civil War and how they're talking about slavery and how they're talking about this in the world, you know, because we're up against that all the time. We're hearing it constantly about all this stuff. 
So we were able to discuss it. And then through the classes, we were able to discuss it and everything that they heard um, and talk to Steve about in his classes. And um, it just, it opened up a whole new realm for us to, to meet this stuff head on before we're completely indoctrinated with it. Um, you know, and this is exactly what we were looking for as a homeschool family, especially my kids getting into, you know, high school and junior high, um, you know, where we wanted something available where they could have real discussions and, and actually look at real history, not spoon fed history that, that the parts that are, you know, not necessarily, not necessarily stuff you want to hear, but they can discuss it. And then it doesn't fit a narrative that somebody's trying to push on them. So. Here's the thing, though, man. Did they enjoy it? Like, it can, be, it can be as biblical and accurate and everything else, but, I mean, if it's boring. I mean, that, that's my job, basically. My, my job is to take the, the worldview that fits on a narrow road only and attempt to take the talents and abilities God gave me to make the presentation of a narrow road as compelling as I can because that narrow roads aren't typically marketable in broadcasting, right? Okay, and so that's the thing. So you might think the integrity of what was taught was great, but if they're sitting there yawning and don't care and they're not engaged, it doesn't matter, right? Right, well, I I can let them speak to that. Go ahead. Go ahead, guys. Speak in. I had a lot of fun listening to Steve Noble. He um, he used almost like Star Wars to compare um, everything to history, and it made a lot of sense and it made it a lot more fun. And uh, he also compared some things that are going on nowadays to older history, mm-hmm. and it made it a lot more inter- interesting. Yeah. I really enjoyed it too. It was I like learning about all this stuff, like the Civil War how we came, uh, Magellan went around the world, Columbus, and like the Civil War and how people are saying America was built on slavery and just how that is different from back then. Well, Steve, that's one heck of an endorsement, man. You didn't bore the hell out of those kids. (laughs) <laughs> no, well, I'm a radio guy, just like you, dude. I mean, uh, we're, we're kind of lit up all the time. And this is, I love radio. God called me to radio. But this is the epicenter of my calling right now because I see the fruit coming. Over 800 students. I've got 200 students signed up starting in two weeks. And, and this is exciting. I love talking about this. The thing that shocked me about these classes, Steve, is the depth of the discipleship that occurs because the biblical worldview all of a sudden shows up everywhere. And it makes sense. I, I start all my classes with Solomon. There's nothing new under the sun. New news is old news happening to new people. Pick the place, pick the time frame, and we're going to see the same stuff over and over again because the Bible teaches us about human nature, sin, salvation, good, bad, evil, all of it. And so it's really, it's just invigorating and it's a blast. And I know these guys get bored easily. Look, they're looking at their phones. They're done in 30 seconds. So if you're not entertaining, if you're not like a talk radio spaz like you and me, you're going to lose them. I know that. I hated these classes when I was in high school. Nobody's getting bored in my class. So, Steve, is this something like I was talking before you came on? uh, It's the hardest economy since 2007 to get a car loan. If you look at median uh, family income to debt ratio to interest rates, it's the worst housing market in American history right now. 
So cars and houses kind of important. I'm sure there's a lot of families that would love to homeschool right now and they're getting squeezed and they've got to get a second or third job. And so kids got to go to the government schools, can't afford a Christian school. Is this, right. Does this supplement that? Does this, does this something that they can do to supplement some of that in a way that's flexible to their timetable as well? Absolutely. Well, one of the easiest things to do, let me answer your question, is uh, just to throw it out there. If you text the word truth to 66866, that's it. Just text truth to 66866. I'll send you a couple of my classes from the spring and I'll engage you on this conversation. Uh, the point is, whether you're in homeschooling or public schooling, public school students, man, I would love to have a thousand. 5,000 of them, because this is like a corrective, Steve. This is what you're trying to do every day on the air with the team there, and that's what I'm trying to do. This is a corrective for them. So I have students that are auditing. I have adults that are auditing these classes to come in and say, okay, I know what the school's giving you. They're giving you the blue pill. I'm gonna give you the red pill so they can at least counter it with some actual truth, and especially biblical truth. Uh, with families that are struggling, homeschool families with a high cost, especially in high school, it's not cheap to do this when you're in high school. I mean, you need a payment plan. I'll give you a payment plan. Uh, my point is not to make as much money as I possibly can. It's to reach as many of these teenagers as I possibly can. Sure, there's an economic factor, but I'm flexible on that, too. You tell me what you need over the course of the school year, and we'll make it happen. I'm not going to let money stand in between these young people discipleship and the truth because like you said you don't know who these people are going to be in the next 10 20 30 years you and i are on the air five days a week listen we're a corrective to our to our uh, own people but listen 30 40 50 years we're all dead not these guys not these young people they are our future that's our posterity man i'm fired up to reach them that's why i do noble youth school that's the whole point all right steve so tell folks if they want to get involved what can they do yeah, again, the website in general, nobleuschool.com. That's you like university, noble, N-O-B-L-E, nobleuschool.com. The easiest thing, I'll send you a couple recent classes from the spring. I'll engage you personally and specifically. Just text. If you can't do it, give it to somebody under the age of 30. Just text the word truth to 66866. I'll get you into the stream of information. We'd love to have you join us this fall or next year. If your kids are not in eighth grade or older, that's fine. Let's still talk. This is so important. This is critical. This is what we all have to do as we stand our place on the wall here in America trying to advance. Yeah, the, the, the nation that we love, but the kingdom that we serve. That's the bigger picture at Amen. play here. Amen. Text truth to 66866. Well said, brother. Good to see you. Thank you. And thank you, Jonathan you and family. Well. Appreciate your time as well. God bless. God bless you guys. Thanks, man. Thank so Thanks. Much. See ya. Thoughts? That's what uh, men look like. That's what fathers look like. It's That's not just a, a quirk that these guys have. It's not just like a side hustle. This is the whole point. It, it, he said, Steve Noble said it. This is our posterity. This is really what we pass on. And will they be able to cope uh, with what we pass on to them? Uh, or will they sit there constantly just going wherever the wind blows? Or will they be utterly overcome by it? This is way beyond just American history. This is equipping them to be humans, period. What is good? What is true? What is beautiful? And how do you apply it to real life? It's not just a how many angels can dance on the head of a pin. It is right here, right now, in all the simple things and all the small things. And God bless him for doing that. And by the way, she deserves credit. One of my favorite things about that whole video is little sister peeking into the yeah. background. She wants to know what's going on. I love it. That was adorable. But this is something that 
especially after 2020 and the school, you know, doing remote school, this is something that actually has the possibility of reaching a lot more people that it might not have prior to really seeing behind the curtain of what was going on in public schools. So beyond beyond the parents who are actually aware and concerned and awake of what's being done and the indoctrination contained within public schools, I think a lot more people, this is some things like this are going to be a lot more attractive. You know, that's one of the, if there is a silver lining to COVID, we've talked about this before, uh, that this might be one of those things is just really being aware of, of what's going on behind the scenes. Amen. I know we talk a lot and I agree that the clock is ticking. Now, I suspect it's closer to midnight, but I don't know that. I'm not the clock keeper, right? And the irony is the less we care about the future, the closer to midnight it will actually sure. get. For, for a long time on the right, our paradigm was to win the next election while the left went out to win the next generation. And, and, and now we're going to have to figure out how to do both at the same time, how to win the next election and win the next generation at the same time. That's, we're just, we don't have a choice. That's where we're at from a, a cultural standpoint. We'll discuss this some more on Theology Thursday here next. All right, back here with Hour 2 here on Blaze TV radio and podcast, live and on demand. But let's face it, not that much in demand. Nevertheless, until they pry this microphone from our cold, dead fingers, which is probably going to be about 10 minutes from now, we will continue on. (laughs) I am Steve Dace. He's Totters, and he is Aaron McIntyre. I was looking at the top, uh, at uh, Twitter X. I don't even know what to call it right now. Okay, but... uh, and I saw a, a, a tweet, an X, I don't know what to call those, a post uh, from somebody who was like, wow. I mean, listening to you talking about me, uh, listening to Steve talk about bot armies and how that all works. And from the beginning of my career, I have always attempted to use my platform as a conduit for you to see how the sausage gets made. When I got into this business originally as a local host in Des Moines, my ego thought that it was going to be the power of my takes and opinions and the giftedness that God gave me and the oratory volume and articulation that I would bring to bear would cancel out the sirens songs of corruption and temptation. No, none of that's true. In fact, most people didn't care about my takes. <laughs> That's what I found out. What I found out that stunned me is when, I, is, is when people who were listening to my show started getting elected to office. Maybe because I helped them, but that's a topic for another day. And uh, they would come out of the Republican caucus meetings behind closed doors and just come right on WHO radio and just start telling people what was being said about our base and our audience and by their elected Republicans 
you know, like literally members of the legislature would walk out, call into the hotline on the show 10 minutes later and just report what went on that. Oh, that's when I found out. Holy cow. That's what they do not want. I can sit here and just pound away with the best of what whatever giftedness God has given me. And it didn't threaten them at all until I opened the door and let the sun shine in. That was what made them lose their minds. That is what made, brought the calls in. This D guy's got to be fired. He's terrible. He's divisive. How dare I allow you to be aware of how the sausage is made? How dare I allow you to know where this all comes from? So real journalism is what yeah, you're saying. Essentially, yeah. And so you should know. And I want to reiterate again, I have no problem with Trump having a paid bot army. I think it's brilliant. Probably helped win him the presidency. And we're all thankful that he won the presidency in 2016 now, based on what we know now. Are we not? Sure. At the very least, we were extremely thankful until March 16, 2020. And then every day after that, we began to decide how much more thankful we still were. That's, a, that's pretty fair. Yeah. Okay. Prior to March 16, 2020, when he got ambushed by arguably the worst thing that could possibly happen to a president other than a nuclear bomb being dropped by an enemy, we were all very thankful that he won that election. Right. Yeah. And one of the main reasons he won that election is because of the bot armies he bought. And by the way, we're all paying for that now. That's why we're off. The reason we're all facing so much censorship on social media now is because they're pissed off that Trump so effectively used it to beat him. That's why. And so now they're trying to punish us so that no one ever gets to do that ever again. So I do not care that. I mean, being a paid influencer for Trump, I'm a paid influencer for Raycon, Sweatblock and Jace Medical. You just heard from last hour. Now, I'm not going to get, I'm not going to take money to 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 endorse something I don't believe in. But I'm a I'm a pay, they're, they're, I have influence with you. They bought my influence so that it would hopefully convince you to try their product. That's capitalism. I don't have a problem with that. Some very good friends of mine are in that influencer network. And I know them well enough to know that if they saw nefarious and it sucked, they weren't going to take my money to promote it. But I just think you should know, though, that's what goes on. And I think, frankly, it's not as expensive as I think maybe people think. It's much more affordable, and the DeSantis people actually ought to be doing it. I don't understand why you would just go head on against a—I mean, Ron DeSantis isn't, you know, Mike Pence. They've—he's got a real campaign. He's got real money. They could be doing this. It's valuable. A lot of opinions get formed and shaped there. But— and a lot of times in our favor. I mean, take the names Trump and DeSantis out, and I would guess the Trump influencers that we know personally, take those two names out on a daily basis, how often would we disagree with what they post about anything? Hmm. Very rare. Yeah. Very rare. Now, this comes, though, it, it comes with a trade-off. Like, the Tea Party was great. It brought in a new class of grifter, Right. MAGA accomplished some good things, came with a new class of grifter. The Christian right gave us the Reagan revolution, created this entire, though, underclass of fake Christian leaders with their hands out. Uh, you see what I'm saying? There's mm -hmm. always a trade-off. And this other dark web bot army, like what was in Aaron's montage, that's the trade-off. And a guy like Trump, he's always the, he always makes the Faramir-Baramir mistake. He always thinks that he can get the ring 
and use entities like this for his own good. He can corral it, control it. And he can play, he'll be the smart one, the clever one that can play in the margins, right? That's why he'll say stuff like, lock her up. And then after he wins, he says, Hillary's been picked on enough. That's why he'll say stuff like, drain the swamp. And then he'll give big pharma companies that have never brought a product to market billions of dollars in legal protection from the people they're about to poison like you. Because it's this idea that I alone can solve, as he has said many times, I, I can control this. I can bend. And you know what? You think things like that when you don't have the biblical worldview that Steve Noble was talking about last hour. When you're just operating out of nothing but the flesh, you think things like that. Now, when you have a biblical worldview, you understand that kind of evil cannot be contained. It cannot be controlled. It has to be dismantled and destroyed. Maybe, hopefully, when they, when they um, put Donald Trump in handcuffs in Washington, D.C. here any day now, and then eventually put him, in a, uh, you know, put him on trial and convict him of multiple felonies, maybe at some point he'll get the picture, oh, this is real. It's not a con. It's not a, it's not a, it's not a marketing campaign. It's not, even a it's not even a political campaign, guys. It's demons. <laughs> Literally, it's demons, guys. It's demons. I mean, apparently Trump didn't listen to like any of these charismatic Pentecostal ministers on his evangelical coalition team for the last few years. No one told him about demons. They're real, man. That's what you're up against, bro. And, and, and MAGA cheese dick 14 and his memes are not any threat to the gates of hell at all. They might scare evangelicals who, who have enough integrity to not let you buy them off but are, are so sheepish they're afraid of, of, of getting exposed like that and attacked like that, it might intimidate them into not demanding more of you. But it, it has no chance against our mutual enemies, Mr. Trump. None. They don't care. None at all. In fact, they laugh. That's the best you got. You're like James and Nefarious, quoting the demon about how the, you're telling him about how the demonic ideology is making America great again. And the demon sits there nefarious and laughs in James's face and says, James, I think I love you. You aren't, you're the karaoke version of the real thing. You're never going to sing this song better than him. He's Lennon and McCartney. He wrote, let it be. You're just some guy with a, with a cancer stick dangling out of the corner of his mouth and half drank glass of whiskey crooning like your Sinatra at the chuckle hut on a Thursday night. This is real. I mean, he's still out there tweeting stuff like, am I going to debate? No, dude, you're going to go to prison, actually. So at least if you don't have better lawyers than what we've seen so far. This is real. Trump made his billions operating in a fake world where he took a million dollars from his old man because how many people have a dad that can give you a million dollars? They go make your own empire. To his credit, he did. Mm -hmm. But how did he do it? It wasn't like great strategies. He didn't outwit people. He just had more balls than they did. A lot of these trust fund kids in Manhattan that he was competing with in the real estate market were afraid of failing and didn't take the risk he was willing to take. And that's to his credit as well. But after a while, you start thinking, nothing can touch me. What happens when real evil arises? 
What happens when people who are willing to lie more than you? Entities and institutions more shameless than you? More gaslighting than you? What happens when they emerge? Well, what happens is um, you lose your presidency because you let them, uh, you, you handed it to them over the virus they manufactured. You give them billions of dollars to create a poison um, that came from the very research of the vaccine that they manufactured. Uh, you let them ballot harvest against you because they locked, they used everything they just did to, to, to justify locking the country down and stealing an election from you. And then when you dare to rise up to call BS on this, they come at you with not one, not two, not three, but four multi-felon criminal counts you have no chance of completely escaping. That's what happens. This is not a game. It is not a, it's not a troll. We are literally fighting hell. And a guy who thinks I've, I, 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 I'm in no risk of going there so I don't have to ask God for forgiveness is never going to understand this. Because the pilot light's not on. His soul is not fully functional. He's never going to understand. He's always going to think I'm one plan, one plot, one gray area, one slight, one trick, one troll away from figuring out the whole, gaming the whole system. Nope. Let us know what you think. Email the show, steve at stevedace.com, D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook, MeWe and Gab. Follow me at Steve Day Show on Twitter, Getter, Instagram, and TikTok. Follow me over on Truth Social, where I'm sure it'll be even easier than ever to find me there now. <laughs> at, at Real Steve Dace. Thank you to all of you that have left us five-star reviews on the podcast version of the show. We appreciate each and every one of those. You can also hit subscribe or follow to make sure every new episode gets downloaded into your feed. Thank you very much. Theology Thursday brought to you by our friends over at Magic Spoon. Aaron, you have tried Magic Spoon. I have too. It's in Walmart. I saw it at Walmart earlier this week. Nice. So this stuff is getting around. And I wanted to try it first because I am a cereal connoisseur. And I tried the peanut butter man and I was blown away. Because when you tell me it is um, sugar-free, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free. You know what I'm thinking? Taste-free. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> I'm thinking, so taste-free? <laughs> okay. So just take, why don't you just give me the, uh, the good stuff that's in it, like in a drop, and I'll mix it into my water. And, and you know, not, I was stunned how good it was when I tried the peanut butter. It is extremely good. Now, I gave you the rest of the variety pack because your family, out of medical necessity, you're into all the free stuff. Right. And yeah. so what did what did the McIntyre family think? Loved it. Loved it. Of course, it uh, doesn't get much better than um, a sometimes uh, temperamental uh, toddler, which all toddlers are at very uh, at varying times, uh, shouting out his list of demands. When we had this in our house, uh, this was always at the uh, the top of the list at snack time. It's either Wazen's uh, 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 B-Bar. Uh, which is Cheerios, or uh, Boonie, 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 Magic Spoon. <laughs> that was always at the top of the list. We're working with him, don't worry. Uh, it, that was always at the top of the list, so uh, you can't get much better than an endorsement from a two-year-old. No doubt. When it comes to cereal, this is among the first, fruit, uh, first food they'll ever really try and eat. 
um, you know, hand to mouth. And so it's, it's really, really good. And so if you've got food allergies or you're just trying to be healthier, but you just missed the taste, the texture of that bowl of cereal in the morning, magicspoon.com slash dace. Grab the variety pack today. Uh, it's, they're so confident in their product, they back it with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money. All right. High protein cereal, magicspoon.com slash dace. And use the code dace to save $5 off. $5 off code dace at magicspoon.com slash dace. All right, let's get to Theology Thursday as we continue on with our book study of uh, Tony Evans' Kingdom Politics, Returning God to Government. And this week we're talking about the system of economics. And I think for too long, and I think, frankly, the, the previous era of Christian conservative activism played into this fallacy. I agree, life and marriage in the previous era were the two most important issues, and those should have been the primary objectives that we vetted candidates through. I agree with that. Fair? Mm -hmm. Because they might be the two most important issues in any era. What is a human being, and what is the the entity by which we nurture and disciple the next generation to fulfill their God-given potential? And that prime directive is the family, right? Okay. So we, we were right to make it sola to use a, a, a reformational term. But for a lot of our political activism in the previous era, it was so low. Like Republicans could take any position on any other kind of issue from a Christian worldview, but the, so like the Christian worldview had nothing to say about anything happening in the public sphere other than Roe and, and the definition of marriage. And that's not true. And I love the way that Dr. Evans attacks this in this chapter, and then I'll hand it off to you guys. I hope you are getting the message that nothing sits outside the scope of God's kingdom. Economic issues are just as much a part of our kingdom work as anything else we could name. There should be no dichotomy between God and money. In God, we trust is more than a slogan on our currency. Mankind was created with a divine mandate to cultivate and protect God's creation for the benefit of humanity. This was to be done under divine guidance that involved maximum freedom, limited regulations, and strict consequences for disobedience. Thus, civil government's economic policies should be a free market driven with limited regulations and coupled with incentive productivity in a safe and responsible way, along with strict consequences for lawbreaking. Civil government has the divinely, I've never heard it put this way before, but it's so well put. Civil government has the divinely authorized responsibility to promote economic growth since it is, a, is to function as God's servant for good. And that includes the fulfillment of God's original purpose of making the earth productive. That, now I'll use one of your team's terms, that's a homily right there. Right there floor is yours gentlemen yeah dr evans uh in order to talk about uh what he wrote first i want to talk about what our friend bob vanderplatz said recently at the his family leader uh summit and i i tweeted about this uh, because you know bob's i i'm fortunate enough to talk with him uh every week sometimes every day as we're coming and going so you know i'm used to him being uh, inspirational, but like he caught me off guard when he, and there was obviously a lot of uh, presidential candidates and other pastors at the that family leader uh, leadership summit. 
And when he talked about Malachi and about how one of the church's biggest problems, we're just simply not, the whole theme of that, we're not bringing our best. We keep bringing blemished offerings. We keep pulling our punches. We're not all in. We, we, we do what Steve just said. These are the parts of my faith that apply to. These are the parts that don't. There are no go, no-go zones, though. He, simply, he really, really brought it home. With, you, you, you're supposed to bring your best. If you have a, a, a water analogy, when it comes to economics, our, our, we, 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 we create a moat around ourselves. Our, our wealth is ours it's our our status uh it gives us purpose and meaning especially uh well a lot of men a lot of women in different ways but he says this is supposed to be your wealth is supposed to be and has to be in a christian context about others as much as it is you now none of that and he makes abundantly clear and he's absolutely right none of that is to try to put that on autopilot in a system i.e. communism, etc. That's quite frankly immoral. Mm-hmm. But within you, within your soul, yes, you are obligated to have your wealth be about... Uh, now, that can look different ways to different people, but it can't just be a moat where this is mine and whatever happens out there. It's supposed We're a water analogy. It's a sprinkler. What are you doing to help the crops out there? Are you starving them? Are you raising them up? And this is where we have... We are, we are quite simply in this time not giving our best in a time when we have fewer excuses than ever before about that. We have so much. We still have so much. Then why are we suffering? Because we're suffering under lies. And, and this is why it's frustrating It's uh, when we talk about football with me because I think it, even like within Cereplay, once I explained it to a lot of you, uh, that it has, it's not just about sports. It's about life and what we value. That's the problem. The problem is that we are very, very selfish, can't get out of our own way, and when things happen like what's going on in the professional sports world, you you hear all kinds of Christians who on one side of their life will say, you know, draw the line in the sand. Here, their excuse, oh, there's just simply too much money. You gotta, uh, how can you not? This is the way of things. It's not the way of things. It's never okay to say something like it's just too much money, so I have to take mine, and whatever happens around you, whatever. That's not Christian. And there's a lot of Christians saying that about sports because, and this brings it back to Tony Evans, we're not giving our best. We are putting all these places in our life, all these places in our life we, where we say, God doesn't really govern here. At least we default to that. Why? How? Where did we get that idea? Because it's, it's not biblical. It's not on earth as it is in heaven. It simply isn't. So I'm, uh, I, I think this chapter is as much an Achilles heel as probably any in this book. Because economy, as I've told you in the Greek, it goes all the way back. It is, it, it is translated to household. It is, it is, uh, uh, Adam Smith, he was a moral philosopher. Mm -hmm. He wasn't just an economist. Mm -hmm. These are, we've told ourselves a lot of lies about our money because 
quite frankly, this land has been more blessed with wealth than any land before it. And in order to do what we want with that wealth, we have to tell ourselves lies if we, if we have no plans on giving it back to God. Very, very well said, Amen. Todd. And I think um, maybe a slight revelation for me in this chapter is the concept that materialism is not a cause of our economic malaise. It's a symptom of it. It's not a, co- not a cause of our economic ongoing collapse. It's a symptom of it. Why? Because of this, what Dr. Evans write, writes in this chapter, God uses wealth as a channel through which his benefits will flow to you and through you to others. Therefore, if all you see is your car and your house and your wardrobe, if you cannot point to the ways God's blessings in your life are flowing out as blessings to others, then God has no reason to give you wealth. And God has no reason to give you wealth. Then the only way you can get it, this is apart from God. Hmm. Yep. That's it. Biblical, he goes on to say, biblical economics is a spiritual issue regarding sin and righteousness. But because people think our problems are merely materialistic in nature, they don't see the solutions to our problems, which come from God and his inerrant word. I have gifts and abilities that God has given me. I try to use them to the best of my abilities every single day for the purpose and mission that this show possesses. Steve reimburses me for my time and efforts and the talents that I bring to the table. I use that paycheck. I first bless my wife, my child, with provision and things that they want, hopefully. And then I use that to bless my local body of church, uh, of believers in the church. And then hopefully as situations arise, I can bless others around me as well. Now, I'm not perfect at that. That's the ideal situation. When we chiefly, as Dr. Evans says, stop seeing wealth money as a blessing from God to me so that I can use, he can use through me uh, that blessing for others. You just start to see wealth as a means of accumulation accumulation that's how materialism is a symptom and then this manifests itself in so many areas of our lives it's frightening when you see wealth as only a means of accumulation you are going to try to get and, and it's not wrong to get the best bang for your buck you will then start to settle for things in a, in, in the goal of accumulating things and then other, uh, other the, the, the motives, again, this t- touches so many things. This We could go on for a half an hour on this. You bet it could. You bet but it does. I, I, so I need to put a bow in this. I mean, it ties back it, to the stuff we were just talking about with Trump even and not seeing the enemy for who he really is. Correct. But yeah. this touches every single thing in our lives. And one of the biggest lies, I'm working on a list of biggest lies that I've, that I've seen in my time, you know, as an observer Socially liberal, fiscally conservative, one of the biggest lies and maybe most pernicious lies that I've ever heard because of this. There is no way to divorce wealth from morality if you do so and and expect that to continue. If you do so, you unleash an avalanche, an avalanche of evil Mm -hmm. upon not only your own household, but upon the rest of the land. 
I mean, why, why do people do evil for money? For money, <laughs> what you just said. When you, when you divorce wealth from morality, you're going to incentivize immorality. Period. End of sentence. You're going to say, and, and, and this is the issue with understanding, as DeSantis said earlier this week. We are a nation with an economy. Not a, not, a, not a global economy, not one nation that's just hooked up to a global economy. And by the way, as an aside, he needs to elaborate on that further. I agree. He needs to make that point far more often. Because essentially what, 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 people, at the, what people in Davos and Brussels think is that you are a cog. And you can be programmed and controlled into what they deem to be the greater good. And they think things like this because, as Aaron just pointed out, they've divorced money from morality. And now they are a law unto themselves, and they will now, they will now impugn a new morality, theirs. Because we, we always go back to the beginning. Ye be like God. No matter the issue, no matter the issue, there must be a God. Something must rule. And it will either be the God, or it will be a God of our own devising, or it will be the God of this world. No other options, and there is no in-between. There are no neutral institutions. As our colleague Oren McIntyre points out on a regular basis, there are no neutral institutions, and there never were. There were just a bunch of people on the right who were godless and secular and hated people like us who claimed this for like 25 years so they themselves do not have to look in the mirror at their own sinfulness. And now those institutions are all lost to the spirit of the age because they lacked the, the moral character to push them out and push them back. And now they've either left the public square or joined with the Borg. And this absolutely ties back to the conversation I just had with, about Trump. You're not going to outsmart this. You're not going to outwit it. You're not going to out-meme it. You're not going to out-gaslight it. However good of a liar and a henchman you think Roger Stone is, these are demons, guys. These are the people that will be tormenting Roger Stone in hell forever if he doesn't repent. He's the JV team. Maybe not even that. Laura Loomer's a lost soul. Not a mastermind. You want to know what the real masterminds? The real masterminds are the people who suddenly took a newfound interest in Trump's financing 48 hours. Coincidentally, the New York Times and Washington Post just, well, hot damn, you know what? We're bored. Why don't we look at how Trump's legal defense is doing? Oh, my goodness. And it just so happened to coincide with the D.C. January 6th indictment 48 hours later. What a, as nefarious, it probably just a coincidence. That's the real thing. And you all ain't prepared, man. You ain't. That's why you're getting ambushed. But my polls. Start taking care of your liver now more than ever. 
Latest data shows adults with fatty liver three and a half times more likely to have heart failure than those without. American Liver Foundation is concerned that up to 100 million Americans right now might have fatty liver. And it happens. I mean, it's one of the most important organs in the body. And we, we therefore, as we get older, we, have a, we put a lot of tread on those tires, whether it's cholesterol, alcohol, even, you know, things that help us like Tylenols come with a trade-off. Um, uh, statins, about one in five Americans still smoke cigarettes. So uh, if you've got a sluggish fatty liver that can help you gain weight, lose energy, um, that's why you want to help your liver. You know, it's how important? Eh, it only helps to regulate 500 functions in your body. That's it. So kind of important. Get the liver health formula. An all-natural supplement contains 12 clinically proven botanicals that help recharge and protect your liver. Manufactured right here in the USA. Approved by American doctors. You can try the liver health formula and receive a free bottle of their nano-powered omega-3s to keep your heart healthy at the same time. Try the liver health formula with the free gift when you go to getliverhelp.com steve. Getliverhelp.com steve. One more time, getliverhelp.com slash Steve. Time now for three non-political questions. We all have questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? Who am I? A search and a question of identity. Why am I here? A question of meaning and purpose. Where am I going? Question of destiny. Some better than others. What sort of morality or proto-morality would you expect to find in a chimpanzee troop? Injecting some levity into the demise of Western civilization. It's three <coughs> questions on the Steve Day Show. And it is time... To bring in my oldest daughter, Anastasia, for three non-political questions. How are you doing, sweetie? Good. How are you doing, Dad? I am uh, better than I deserve, <laughs> as good as you can do with 50% of your hearing. Other than that, no complaints. Yeah, I <laughs> I didn't even know that you were like thinking that you might be like going deaf until I was listening to the show. That's how you found out? <laughs> That's how I found out. I was just, like sitting at the front desk like, I guess my dad's going deaf, I guess. <laughs> well, you've got your own life and your own family now, you know, so. But it's about, I mean, you're getting old, so. There it is. There it is. I walked right into that one. Like, I thought this was like a sincere, how's my old man? I should have remembered. This is my DNA looking back at me. A rake was placed in front of me, and I just naively stepped upon it on a live show that bears my name. You're welcome. I respect it, actually. I, you know what? I'm proud. I'm, I'm a proud Thank dad. You. Yes. You, you sensed weakness. I did. And you pounced on it. And I did. that tells me you listened all those years. So thank you very much. Unlike you, I can listen, yes. Ah! <laughs> Ooh, there it is. Spicy. <laughs> all right. I couldn't couldn't know myself back from that one either. That was too easy as well. No, no, I, I appreciate it. No, you know what? <laughs> the pride that is swelling in me right now, I can't even quantify it. All right, where are we going? Okay, my first question for you guys is what three songs would you put on the soundtrack of your life? What three songs would I put on the soundtrack of my life? I'm going to go with um, uh, I'm going to go with the Victors. I'm going to go with um, Victors. We Won't Get Fooled Again by The Who. And I'm going to go with um, I'm going to go with Who Am I by Casting Crowns. Yeah, those three fun. songs. I'm going to go with those. It was down to that or I Can Only Imagine. 
Both I, great I, I want I, I want something in there that helps to me to remember the big picture. So, yeah. I mean, there's the totality of who I am there. There's something dumb, range. <laughs> dumb and fun, dumb and frivolous. Yeah. The victors are there. Okay. Something to about mission. You know, we won't get fooled again. And then something about ultimate purpose, you know, and that's where Who Am I by Casting Crowns comes in. So that would be my soundtrack. Todd. Aaron, do you have anything immediately? Yeah. Okay, let me, I want to look Year up. Year of the time. Cat, Yakety Sax, and yes. Knights of Sidonia. There it is. There it is. To, to troll us. Yep. That, that's, of course I've got something ready to go, Todd. I'm going to troll <laughs> you. Yes. I would have um, Live Like You Are Dying like t- by Tim McGraw. Uh, Luke Combs, I always, I love the song, but it's, I, I can never remember the, uh, the title of it. Um, but there's a Luke Combs song. And what would be a third one? What would be? Talk third? about old. Well, I'm gonna pick a song. I can't remember what it's called. Yeah, I know. But I know. I'm put it on the soundtrack of I've my life. I've done that on this show before too, and it still doesn't register. It's a fantastic song, but it's the. The title for isn't as obvious to, to me for some reason, and so I've, that's two country music songs, which tells you what I've turned into. Uh, no Gregorian chants. Uh, that would be good, but it wouldn't be. Uh, there's no, yeah, there's no gospel song or anything like that that I think would automatically resonate. Can can we stick with two? Yeah, I will accept two for you. Thank you. You're welcome. My second question for you guys is if you could have any other podcast theme, what would you choose? And you cannot choose sports because I know that's the obvious answer. So like if the Steve Day show like wasn't a thing and you but you guys wanted to do a podcast, what would be like the other theme that you would want to do other than like the obvious straight up trying to reach the men? A, A direct straight appeal to the men from a biblical worldview perspective. That's what it would be. Because that is... That... That is... Ultimately, I believe, what is going to determine this thing. Right there. Is, is how many boys... How many men we have compared to boys who can shave? How many sperm donors do we have as opposed to men? I think that's... That's going to determine how the, where this goes right there so it would be that I, th- I would do a uh, I'm going to riff off that I would do a father of daughters same thing I mean if, if there's one thing in my life that I feel like I'm, I'm pretty certain I was providentially chosen for it was to be a father specifically of daughters and how, how to raise them and to be women from a father's perspective food that's a good one too food She's just going to troll us now. <laughs> I like it. I'd respect that, too. I would do, like, just stuff that I've thought up and created myself and review it and tell people how to make it. You know, Dad, one time I actually, like, when I was giving boy advice to one of my friends one time, I actually did use what you were talking Like, you've used that saying, like, my whole life. Like, the difference between, like, men mm-hmm. and, like, boys who can shave and stuff. Mm-hmm. I've actually used that. Like, Have you? When I've been talking to other people. So you guys are all dads. Yep. Last time I checked. Mm-hmm. So I want you guys to rate these dad jokes on a scale of one to ten. I have three dad jokes. So ten being that's that's good. That's pretty good. Okay. And one being wow, that is cringe. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. This first one. My wife said I should do lunges to stay in shape. That would be a big step forward. 
By the way, by definition, most dad jokes are bad, but this the, the, is, like on purpose, right? This is terrible. Yeah, just terrible. Yeah, I just don't, yeah, that's don't bring that weak sauce in here. <laughs> I'm gonna have even though. Yeah, Todd's right. That's bad. That's really bad. It's <laughs> really bad. Kay. Karen, um, that's a one. One for me. The second one. <sighs> this one is not good. How do you follow Will Smith in the snow? You follow the Fresh Prince. Nope. No. Nope. Nope. Wow. One. <laughs> wow. I mean, wow. Where did where did that come from? This was on the list of like top 100 best dad jokes of all time. Really? Wow. Yeah. The dads are the jokes. Yes. I mean, I don't, even, I don't even know what to say to that, but no, that's terrible. The first one at least innocently made me think it's so bad it made me chuckle a little bit. That is beyond cringe. That's just like, that's awful. Yeah. And then the last one. I don't trust stairs. They're always up to something. Nope. Nope. Oh, my. Ten? We feel like we need to give one of these a ten. <laughs> That's, is, is that the best of the three? Granted, it is, not, it is, no. it is not a sterling assortment, but is that, is that the not, best of the three? None of these pigs have earned any lipstick. <laughs> no. no. I feel embarrassed because as I'm reading them, I'm laughing because I find them funny, and I don't know what that makes me. But. Was I a big dad joke guy? I don't think I was a big dad joke guy, was I? I think the biggest joke that I can remember from you growing up that always kind of had me confused. I feel like you're going to remember this when I tell you. Turning is, song lyrics uh, into uh, into your mom. No, I still do that to this day. Yeah. To my husband. All, all, all of the you, time. all of you guys do that actually. You, all the time. Uh, so I like I you know we'd have music playing while we did chores around the house and I'd change the lyrics into songs and odes to your mom and now all you guys do that. <laughs> yes. But the the biggest joke I remember is when you would tell me something when I was a kid and I would tell you that that wasn't fair. And then you would say, the fair is on the east side. And I <laughs> yeah. used to tell you, like, I used to not comprehend what that meant. So yes. I used to be like, I'm going to move to the east side because that's where I thought. But I never understood that you meant the state fair is on the yes. east side. Yes. Yeah, I just thought you meant it's more fair yeah. on the east it's side. It's more fair to live over there. <laughs> Price wise, it really is. But <laughs> that's that's probably the one I remember the most. No, no I'm not so sure I did a good job, guys. Thoughts? Okay. I have questions. <laughs> yes. We started off strong. It was clear I raised, despite that adorable face, an absolute killer. And then we ended with, oh, thank you, sweetheart. <laughs> You're Good welcome. to see you. Good to see you. All right. Um, we're going to wrap up the show here with some final thoughts on what we talked about at the top of the show. But first, a word from our friends over at Relief Factor. If you are one of the f uh, many people struggling with chronic pain right now, that's too much inflammation in the body. That's that achiness, that soreness that just won't go away, that you are struggling with uh, in, in your muscles, your joints. You're looking for an all-natural anti-inflammatory, and we have the right one for you called Relief Factor. They are so confident that it will do the job. They offer it to you for just 20 bucks for the first three weeks. Why? Because about 70% of the people that try this see such great results in those three weeks, they stick around long-term. So see, if you don't see a difference in your pain level in three weeks or less, when you go to relieffactor.com, that's relieffactor.com, or you can call them at 800-4-RELIEF, that's the number four, 800-4-RELIEF, or relieffactor.com. All right, we've got about five minutes here left in the show. We started off... Um, talking about some pretty in-depth subject matter, got into some theology, 
what kind of are the big takeaways? What did we learn today? Aaron? I have a question. Yeah. So after the last segment in talking about wealth, someone on Twitter came back at me and said, I believe you have it backwards. The Lord should receive the first fruits of your labor, income, then your family. Everything belongs to the Lord, so repay him in our sacrifice should be first. Now, spiritually speaking, yes, and biblically speaking, he's correct. In my mind, and I should have made a note of this, this is just how it functionally works in our family. Just, I get paid, so my question is, I get paid on, what, the first of the month, and then my tithe is debited on the 15th to my local church. And this is not just like a 10th. I mean, we, we give, we try to be uncomfortable with how much we give to the local body. Am I living in sin because my tithe is debited on the 15th, even though I get paid on the first? The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Yeah. That's my big, that's my burning question. That's, that, that's my answer typically with these things. And you do not reduce any meaningful relationship in your life, starting with the relationship with your savior and creator to your spouse, to your children, uh, friends, and do not reduce any meaningful relationship in your life to a process where the, the, the following of the process takes the place of the relationship in and of itself. Todd. Yeah. I want to, talk about that but it luke combs but it does to me oh you I, got the name there you that's go that's the name of the song okay. all right listen i i am i tithing i i'm just gonna tell you to be honest and anybody can come in fellowship catholic protestant it doesn't matter and call me correct but i do be i think we all agree there is a hierarchy of truth in the ten commandments what follows after one of another i'm I, I I would love this is what I've said to, I'd love to give be taxed more locally if we were taxed less uh, nationally closer mm-hmm. to home mm-hmm. I, I think that's the way things are supposed to be uh, I would love to be part of a healthy church broadly speaking uh, that I don't even think about I, I default to that I, or even what Aaron says do it in a way that makes it feel uncomfortable but the, can the, the rest of the church has, has a history of idolizing that tithe over its duties and obligations everywhere else the amount of time I have heard extended discussions about the church budget from the pulpit while hearing nothing about other things while the devout Catholic president just goes on doing whatever he wants to listen I do do I feel I'm contemned, uh, condemned to hell if the only voice you're going to hear is me squeezing you on the money end because you won't do your I don't again I'm not th- I'm not putting my thumb in God's eye on that I'm putting my thumb in the eye of the men who claim to be the voice of God but simply won't speak that voice unless it's show me the money I've got zero time for that and as Steve as Steve knows I am not 
a hoarder of whatever wealth I have. One of the nicest things Steve ever did, Steve ever did to me, is he basically forced a Christmas gift upon me in a certain way because he knew if he just gave me the cash. If I, I gave would, you a cash dividend for Christmas, you I, wouldn't spend it on I wouldn't a gift spend for it you. On yeah. the thing for me, I would put it. In, I mean, I, I don't. I'm not. So I just wired. went out and bought the gift myself. And it was. It was. Yeah. It, it was hard. For, it meant a lot to me because he. He. We know each other that way as friends but man i just this whole the tithing thing in church if it if it's clear that it's like they have made that the thing that that they talk to you the most about and then other than that Mm -hmm. you're not you're not speaking my language and i I will on purpose withhold not because it's a me problem it's a you problem yeah god doesn't need any of your money i mean doesn't need any of it Nothing is nothing is ha- not happening because you haven't given God the proper resources. <laughs> I think we've got that relationship mm-hmm. kind of backwards. It, it's about worship. It's about it's an it's it's an it's it's an offering. Yes. It's, what are we talking about when yeah. we say first fruits? The first fruits of my life, if I'm doing things right, is using my God-given talents and abilities to help Steve reach as many people with his God-given gifts and abilities. That's Mm -hmm. the first fruits. That's how I view it anyway. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if I can be a blessing to my church in the process as well, I don't think it matters if I do that on the first or the 15th of the month. Malachi, are we giving our best? That's it. Are we sending our best? That is a question we're going to be wrestling with in Iowa for the next six months as well on a different context. All right, we're going to stick around and do overtime for Blaze TV subscribers at blazetv.com slash dace. For the rest of you, we will see you tomorrow, noon to 2 Eastern, right after Glenn Beck right here. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.